Welcome to our FLC audio broadcast. We believe today's word will empower you to lead a strong life. Now, let's begin and get ready for this week's inspiring message. I want you just to real quickly, I'm going to ask you this question. And if this is true of you, I'd like for you just to lift your hand in the, in the air. Because I think that today you're probably sitting next to some fellow pathologists. I think you're probably sitting next to some people who've been down some paths. Anybody been down some paths? Well, if this describes a path you've been down, just raise your hand. Anybody been down a rough path? All right, look around, look around. When you raise your hand, look around. You look around, all right? Anybody been down a blessed path? Yeah, that's the exciting path. That's the... <laughs> Anybody been down a trying path? Trying. So you've been tried, just tried you. What about a fun path? Anybody been down a fun path? Look around, look around you, look around you. Anybody been down an exciting path? Anybody been down a difficult path? Anybody been down a wrong path? Anybody been down a right path? Anybody been down all these paths before lunch? Right? Did you see all the hands that went in the air? This should give you hope. This should give you confidence that what 1 Corinthians teaches us is true. We've all been there. Now, we're not going to be there like you're there, because you're different. Just look at somebody and tell them, say, you're different. And you're going to handle things differently. You're going to navigate it with different relationships. No two people are going to travel the same path the same way. But the good news is, you're not on the path alone. Guys, can I take a second to point something very important about church out to you? See, we, I think we make a mistake sometimes when we make church this thing. It's not. Church is us. We are church. We're the church. Church is not a building. It's not, it's not a time slot on a Sunday morning. You are the church. I am the church. And when we realize that we have, we're surrounded by pathologists. We're surrounded by people who can help to diagnose our situation. We're surrounded by people who can say, I've been there. I've done that. Come on, grab my hand and I'll help you through this section. Why? Because you're not on the path alone. The problem is that we don't often call out to others who are on the path. We just hope that our leader's been on all of them. And that they have enough experience to share with everybody. But you are surrounded by people who have great life experience, who have overcome great odds, who have overcome great obstacles to be a path for you and for me so that we don't have to walk this life alone. It's good news, isn't it? You're not alone on your path. So I want you to know today that the very nature of the idea that it's a path means that others have been down it. In Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 3, the Bible says this, Talking about Jesus. Now Isaiah, in the 53rd chapter, was a prophet. Isaiah was a prophet long before Christ ever walked the earth. But Isaiah had a lot to say about who the Messiah would be. And if you go back and you look at the life of Christ, and you look at what the prophets said about who the Messiah would be, it becomes unmistakable who Jesus was. The fact that he fulfilled all these prophecies makes it almost absolutely impossible for him to not be the Messiah and it's, it's amazing when you look at his life and how it lines up to what the prophet said. Well, the prophet Isaiah in, in Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 3 says this about the Messiah and who we would come to know as Jesus. 
says this, that he was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. Acquainted with deepest grief. Anybody ever been down the grief path? No matter if it was a lost loved one, a lost job, something that didn't go the way you thought it would and it caused you to grieve. Anybody been down the grief path? Jesus has been down the grief path. Anybody been down the rejected path? Jesus has been down the rejected path. Anybody been down the sorrow path? Jesus has been down the sorrow path. Here's what you have to understand is that Isaiah is telling us, look, Jesus gets it. He understands. The path that you're on is not foreign to him. He's experienced those things. He's seen those things. And I love it because Isaiah shows us we're not alone. Even when people in this earth might abandon the relationship that you have with them, you're still not alone. You still have Jesus on your side. And if you'll stick with Jesus long enough, other people will, he'll bring other people back into your life to put a physical arm around your neck and help you in your journey. It's good news to know Jesus understands. And here's why it's good to know that. It's good to know Jesus gets it, but there's there's more good news in this. The good, other good news is this, is that Jesus not only gets it, but he's also led some of us to the end of the path. Anybody in here today has gotten through hard times because of the love of Christ in your life? Anybody, Jesus has helped. Now look around you. Look, I want you to know Jesus gets it. Look at somebody, just tell them, say, Jesus gets it. And when we acknowledge, now watch this, when we acknowledge the importance of our journey, So we realize that at one time in our life, we were on a wrong path. We were not on the path that God had planned for us. And the Holy Spirit drew us through thicket and trees and briars onto the right path. And when we realize that the journey that we've been through and the fact that we're on the right path now, here's what it will cause us to do as believers. It will cause us from the right path to call out to those who are on the wrong path and say, Hey, over here! You're on the wrong path. Come over here. But I don't see anything but trees. It's okay. I'm coming after you. We'll work through this thing together. It might be tough. It might be sticky. It might be painful. But we're going to make it. We're going to get Are you seeing this today? See, that's the life that God has called us to as believers is to take our experience of salvation and deliverance from the wrong path and shout it to the world. There's a right path over here. I wish so bad Wesley would have just yelled my name that day. It would have given me hope. But I do remember standing on top of that hill, being out of breath, thinking, I can't, I can't go anymore. And I had no clue how far I was. I could have been 20 feet from the edge of the, of the woods. I wasn't, but I could have been. And when I saw him riding the trail back to me, It was like a second wind for me. Guys, I got to tell you something. God's not going to abandon you on your path. And as long as we're believers, we can't abandon others while they're on theirs. That's what he's called us to be. The church, pathing with each other, walking the journey together, saying, I'm not going to leave you. I might get out ahead of you because I'm not paying attention, but I'm coming back after you.
Are you seeing this today? So we have to understand, Jesus gets it. He's been down the path, and he's brought others down the path so that we can yell out across the wooded, the wooded area, say, come on, find the right path with me. Come on, walk with me. Come on, let's journey together in this thing. So we have to understand, first of all, that every path is a path. The second thing we have to understand is that every path has a beginning and an end. There's a reason this series is called Pathology, and not loopology. Because we're not supposed to go around and around and around and around the same problems all the time. We're supposed to go through. There's a beginning and there's an end. The book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 2 says this, that there's a time to be born and a time to die. We all know this, right? We all know that our life has a beginning and our life has an end and everything in between is our path. That's our path. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2 says this, that we are to look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. What does this mean? That means that there's a beginning and an end to our faith. That means that the thing you began believing for, there is a finished product waiting for you if you'll stay on the path. You can't abandon the path. You can't get in the doubt loop. Don't get in the doubt loop. Stay on the path. Keep believing. Keep moving forward. Take the next step. It might be difficult. It might be muddy. It might be steep. But keep going. Why? Because there's an end to this thing. The Bible says that Jesus will finish off your faith. What does that mean? There's going to be a good outcome to this if you'll stay on the path. Look at somebody just tell them, say, stay on the path. That might be just exactly what you needed to hear today from someone. Just stick with it. In Revelation chapter 1 and verse 8, the Bible says this. Now this is Jesus speaking, the book of Revelation. This is Jesus speaking to uh, the prophet John on the Isle of Patmos. He's speaking to John. And he says this, he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning... And the end. Guys, listen. Our path has a beginning and it has an end. Someday, you and I, the Lord does not return and get us before this happens, will draw our last breath. And the thing that we'll give an account to God for is our path. The path that we walked in this life. The things that we did with what He had given us. The Bible says we'll give an account for that life and our path is short at best now i realized on this day that i rode with wesley it felt like forever but the reality is it was only two hours isn't it interesting that when you get a little older in life i'll ask in a minute if i can get a witness on this you get a little older in life how short life actually is i remember when 65 was ancient Never thought I'd ever see that year. It's not so ancient any longer. In fact, I can hear it calling around the corner. I'm trying to put the brakes on a little bit. It's not working. Life is short and our path is direct. There's a beginning and there's an end. And our life's journey should be one of progress. Our life's journey, the collective work of our lives should be 
progress. We're going to talk about this in one of the messages in this series. Our path should get brighter and brighter, better and better, stronger and stronger, happier and happier. That's the path that we should be on. It's a path of progress. You know, and it's especially important as we think about the path that you're actually on today. Because every step takes you further down your path. If you're on the wrong path today, every step that you progress takes you further down the wrong path. If you're on a, a painful path today, every step you take on that painful path toward pain takes you down the painful path. But there's a way that we can get off of that path and onto a better path and progress in that way. What am I trying to say? That until we change something, our life is going to progress. In other words, you might think that just because you stop thinking about it, things aren't changing, but it's not true. It's not true. Just because you refuse to talk to that person in that relationship anymore doesn't mean everything's okay. The relationship's actually getting worse every day that you go without walking in forgiveness and having the conversation. It's not staying the same. It's progressing worse. Are you seeing this? So the sooner you can get that fixed, the sooner you can get onto the path of strong relationship with that person. And then every step you take forward strengthens the relationship. It's so important because there are people who have spent the last 20 years of their lives in bitterness towards somebody else, thinking, I'll just cut them off and that's it. That's the end of how it's going to be. What they don't realize is that it actually has gotten worse, even though they've chosen to ignore it. Our life is not a loop. Our life is a path. There's a beginning and an end. The same thing is true of making good choices. When you make good choices and you progress in those choices, your path gets better and better every step that you take. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 15 teaches us something important about this. It says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Circumspectly. It's two words. Circum meaning circle, speckly meaning to look. And it's the picture of somebody who's looking around. What does is, what is Proverbs teach or Ephesians teach us? See that you walk looking around. What does that mean? Examine the path that you're on. Examine your surroundings and be watchful about where you are. Be watchful about where you step. Look where your foot is being planted. Watch what you're saying. Watch what you're doing. Watch the crowd that you're, that you're moving and living with. Watch the areas that you allow yourself to get in. Keep your eye out. Look around. Don't get just so focused on the moment that you can't see what's happening in front of you. Keep your eyes up. And then he says, that's how fools live. Fools live with their eyes straight down to the ground, only living for the moment with no regard for what's around them. And we understand that a lot of times to be selfishness. When we get caught up in selfishness, we're only concerned about our bubble, our little area, and we forget there's somebody on the path behind us. As parents, we're reminded of that all the time, aren't we? When you say that thing you didn't think anybody else heard and you turn around and you see that little face staring up at you, and you go, oh yeah, they're on the path too. I forgot. See that you walk looking around. The uh, message version of the scripture says it this way. Watch your step 
use your head. That's simple, isn't it? Watch your step, use your head. You know, it may feel like certain parts of your life are in a loop pattern. You might say, oh, I've seen this before. You know, habits become cyclical. They, they, become, they, they cycle through and thoughts become ingrained. But the reality is that everything around us is changing constantly. It's called the dynamics of life. Everything is changing constantly. How do I know that? Well, my body doesn't respond to exercise like it used to. Can I get a witness? How many of you stopped exercising because of that fact? Well, it's just not like it used to be. It's a lot, I'm a lot more sore. I don't have results as quickly as I used to, and it becomes disappointing. Life changes, doesn't it? Things change in life. I can't eat like I used to when I was 18 years old. No matter how hard I try, I get this is not good. My body doesn't metabolize the food like it should. Things change in life, don't they? We live in a dynamic. I want to submit this thought to you today. Consider this. Is it possible that we actually don't get caught in loop patterns in our life where we keep repeating the same things over and over again? But there are many trees along this path and a lot of them look the same. And just because we recognize an oak tree here doesn't mean it's the same oak tree down here. But it can feel like I keep doing the same thing, but it's different this time. Because the first time you did it, you were less entrenched in that habit than the second time you did it. And the third time, and the fourth time, and the fifth time. And by the time you reach the 21st time, 21 days to form a habit, you reach the 21st time, and now you're no longer thinking about it. What changed? Now it's changed. Where before it was an active decision, now it's a passive lifestyle. But guess what? You're still progressing down the path. Are you seeing this today? So it's important that we walk looking around. Look at somebody just tell them, say, look around. Why is that? Why should we look around? Because it helps us identify where we are. Are we on the right path? Who's interested in the right path today? And lastly, every path is a path. Every path has a beginning and an end. And lastly, every path has obstacles. Every path has obstacles. Now, whether it's grass, rocks, trees, brush, holes, mud, every path has obstacles that must be navigated. You know, when I was riding uh, with Wesley that day on the trails and in the past when I've written mountain bike and stuff, I can see as I'm going down the trail, sometimes at breakneck speeds, it feels like breakneck speeds. I can see sometimes that out ahead of me, the path goes between two trees that look like they're about that far apart. Not going to fit. And I begin to think to myself and wonder, how am I going to make it through here? And I literally have been between trees on a trail where the handlebars on my bike would barely just scrape past the bark as I was going through. Literally just, I hear a little, but it was enough room just to get through. And you look at that and you think to yourself, here's an obstacle, but then I realize if there's a path between the obstacles, somebody else made it through, I can make it through. Do you see that? A lot of times in life we, get, we stop and we go, well, there's an obstacle, now what I do, follow the path. 
Follow the path. Why? Because if there's a path around it or through it, then you can make it through that as well. You know, I've, I've uh, left the path a few times on my bike even. That's not a lot of fun. Where the corner was too sharp and I went flying off the edge of it. Yeah, and I wasn't trying to make a new path. It's not all that great to fly off the path. So I want to encourage you to stay on the path. And what I've often noticed about driving is I've often noticed that the roads I get lost on are just as nice as the roads I don't get lost on. What does that mean? You can't look at your path and determine if it's right or wrong because every path has obstacles. Even when you're doing the right thing, your path will have obstacles. Just because you're doing the right thing doesn't mean that your path is going to be paved with rest stops every 20 feet and people cheering you on and handing you water when you get thirsty. Every path has obstacles. Even the path of following God in your life, the path has obstacles. Everybody getting the idea that every path has obstacles? And so it's important that we don't make the mistake of looking in on somebody else's reality and saying, I want that path. Because guess what? That path has obstacles that have to be navigated. In John chapter 16 and verse 33, the Bible says this. Jesus said, I've told you all this. Now he's setting, the, setting his disciples up for when he's gone. And he's told them, you're going to run into hard times. People are going to want to kill you. They're not going to receive the message that you have. And uh, that had to make them feel pretty good, right? Hey guys, I'm taking off and just by the way, people are going to be out to kill you. See ya, right? And he says this, I've told you this so that you may have peace in me. He said, here on this earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. What did Jesus say about the path that we would walk? Even the path of righteousness, what did he say about that path? That there are going to be trials and there are going to be sorrows. Can I get a witness today? Any veteran believers in here that say, I've been on this path for a while. There are a few bumps. Anybody? So why would we want to uh, want a path over any other kind of path than the righteous path? Because every path has obstacles. You know, John 16, 33, let me finish what Jesus said. Because there's very one, one very unique feature about the right path that sets it apart from the, all the other paths. Are you ready for it? Anybody want to know what that unique feature is? That sets it apart from, well, if, if the right path is hard and bumpy, why wouldn't I just do the fun thing? Why wouldn't I just do whatever I want to do? Well, there's a very good reason, and I want to read that to you right now in John 16, 33. Jesus says, I've told you this so that you may have peace in me. Here on the earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart. What? I've already forged a path around the obstacles. That's what he's telling us. He said that this path that you're on is going to be fraught with potholes and brush and animals cutting across the path and trees that are that far apart. You're going to have challenging times. But the good news is I've already forged a path through it all. And if you'll stay on the path, you can navigate all those obstacles. The problem is, is that the other paths that we're on don't have that same promise. So I want you to know today every path has obstacles. Choose the right path. You know, as I was sitting on the top of that hill wishing that Wesley would come back for me and 
trying to figure out how I could just cut through the woods and get back to the parking lot and not have to finish out the ride. I finally decided there's only one way out, and it's to keep going. Keep going. So I got up on my bike, started pedaling, fighting the mud, being worn out, checking my pulse, making sure I had <laughs> signal on my phone. And about another hour and 15 minutes later, we made it to the edge of the woods. We made it out. Aren't you glad that I'm here today? So am I. I'm glad I'm, glad I'm here today. I made it out of the woods. And you will too. It doesn't matter what path you're on today. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. God has a plan for you. There's no path that you've been on or are on that others haven't been on or that others aren't on. You're not alone. But with every path that you get on, God will make a way. He'll make a way that you can get through that path. He'll send somebody into your life. He'll send a word into your life. He'll call for you from the right path and encourage you to come through the woods and get on the right path. But God is committed to your success. What we have to do is make sure that we walk looking around and making sure that we are on the right path. Anybody interested in the right path today? I believe that over the next several weeks, we're going to discover what that right path is. We're going to find your right path. I'd like for you to bow your heads with me today as we pray. Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you, Lord, that you have shown us in your word that you have a path for us to follow. I thank you, God, that you don't abandon us where we are, even if we're on the wrong path today. You don't walk away from us. You don't abandon us. And I thank you for that, Lord. Lord, I pray today that you would help us to realize the power of the love of your son, Jesus, in the path that he has forged for us in this life. That even though we're going to face obstacles, he's already made a way around those obstacles. That we can enjoy success. That we can enjoy peace. That we can enjoy good life. God, and I pray for all of my friends here today. That even though they may be experiencing hurt and pain, disappointment, even though they may feel like they need wisdom for that next step, God, that they're not alone, that they're surrounded by people who are also on this path of life with them. Lord, we call out from our spirit, we call out with our physical mouth to our friends and our neighbors today, and we say, come on, join us on the right path. Join us on the path of salvation. God, and I pray that you would amplify our voice as a church today, that you would amplify that spirit in us today of salvation for our world. Lord, that we would have the guts and determination to push through the woods and the thicket to bring those who are desperate for rightness in their life onto the right path, God. Don't let us sleep, Holy Spirit, until we've encouraged others to make sure they're looking around and getting on the right path for their lives. I thank you for it, Lord. Show us as we look into your word, your plan for us. In Jesus' name. Listen, if you're here today and you realize you've not taken the steps to get on Christ's path, the path of the Messiah, the Savior, anybody in here today that's on the path with Christ that would say, 
best choice I ever made. Anybody, can I just get you to shout out, clap, do something, just let us know. It's the right path. Is it the right path? It's the right path. Is it smooth? Is it glassy? There are moments, but it's the right path. I want to encourage you today, if you're not on that path, we want to pray with you. We pray because the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 10, that if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that we'll be saved. So the prayer that we'll pray with you is simply what Romans teaches us. And I believe that if you're in your heart today, you believe in Christ. And I have to believe that if you're here, you believe in Jesus. Then you're just confession away. What does that mean? Just saying, I believe in you, Jesus. And I want you to be my leader in life. Aren't you glad it's as simple as that? Aren't you glad that you don't have to get your hair just right? And your clothes just right? And everything in your life lined up, but you can just confess Christ. And salvation comes to your house. You get on the right path. It's good news, isn't it? I want to pray with you today. If you're in that place, and you just say, Pastor Tom, that's what I want to do. I want to pray. I want everybody to stand with me right now. I want to ask all of us to pray this together. Everybody just pray with me right now. Just say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me. I believe God raised you from the dead. And you're alive today. I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins and lead me down the path of righteousness. Amen. We trust that today's message has been an encouragement to you. If you have any questions or would like more information about Family Life Church, visit us on the web at www.yourfamilylife.org.